Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 11 of Shane Sports of New York Plus, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SonyPlus.com, among many other media outlets. I am your host, Shane Palma, and tis the season to once again break down some fantasy football. Today, I'm joined by my main man, the closer, the analyst, and FNTSY fantasy expert himself. Please welcome Chris Ventra. What is up, Shane? What is up, everybody? It is your boy, the closer. Uh, it's good to be back because uh, so you're on your 11th episode already. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, we're moving. Awesome. I love it. We, uh, love yeah, it. you know, we um, here at Mizzou, where I'm at right now, trying to work yeah. on some other broadcasting media outlets might get some more podcast episodes up uh soon i know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus lately but i'm glad to be back here too and i'm glad to get sony plus rolling once again nice nice i'm i'm, I'm glad that you got it running and uh listen you're doing good keep thank it going you. thank keep you going. Ventra. all right but today we're here to discuss strictly fantasy football so honestly let's just dive right into it because we both know what we're talking about here Uh, And the first thing that a lot of people ask me when they come with fantasy football advice is, you know, PPR. A lot of people play PPR now, and a lot of people are playing full point PPR. So, Mm -hmm. Venture, what is your stance on going no running back throughout the first few rounds and targeting solely uh, the stud wide receivers? So, the zero running back strategy is... I I like it in certain instances, but it's a dangerous game. you got to, like, execute it almost perfectly for it to work out right now. Actually, we did a GST draft this past Sunday and it was, you know, it's a bunch of experts. It's two separate leagues of 12. Mm -hmm. And in my draft, Michael Salfino, which I'm sure you know who that is. uh, I think he's, you know, he's a big writer for a lot of different uh, websites and, you know, companies that, you know, have sports uh, content. And he took, he did a zero running back strategy. He his his quarterback is Deshaun Watson. Okay, he went heavy everywhere else, and it worked. He has Deshaun Watson at quarterback, so he has a top tier quarterback. Yeah. He's got Travis Kelsey at tight end, which he took in the second round, the top tier tight end. He has his wide receivers are Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, I think he he has DJ Moore and he has Tyler Boyd in the flex. He has another great wide receiver paired with Adam Thielen. I forget who it is right now off the top of my head. But stacked wide receivers. His running backs, though, are Duke Johnson and Austin Eckler. I'm not mad at that at all. How do you like that? That is – Austin Eckler could easily be an RB1 this season, and Duke Johnson in a PPR could be an RB2. Oh, yeah. See, that's – you know, and I I feel the same way. Like, And and what I tell people when they ask me this is it's easier, in my opinion – towards the middle end of the season to find running backs on the waiver wire that can win you games over wide receivers. Like you have your stud wide receivers already. Exactly. We know the Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, all those guys, but it's harder to find those number one wide receivers on the waiver wire. If for some reason Saquon Barkley goes down and Wayne Gallman's the next guy up and he's on your waiver wire. He becomes very valuable. Yes. He becomes a running back. Well, we don't want to say one running back one. Yeah. A running back three. Because, you know, he's on the Giants and he's obviously not as good as Saquon, but he's a starting running back on a team that, you know, would run the ball. So I I definitely think that, you know, PPR, I I personally would go wide receivers the first two, if not three rounds. 
wide receivers the first three rounds. I would. I, I have the sixth pick in one of my drafts coming up after I traded with you in our draft. And um, I would I, I get you, would we switch? We swapped. So Venture and I, we we're both in the same league together. I had the second overall pick. He had the sixth overall pick. And I just right. didn't want the temptation of taking a running back because I really wanted wide receivers. So we just did a straight up swap of two and six. So I plan on taking Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins because I know both of them will one of the you two. You want to go with wide receiver strategy. Yeah. You don't want the running back. Nope. And I already know that when I come back around on the wraparound, either Juju, Tyreek Hill, or Travis Kelsey is gonna be there. And wrapping around again, either Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, or even Julian Edelman. So yeah, in the first three rounds, I definitely think that going three wide receivers, especially with the quality that's available there, um, and then right. in, the, in the few later rounds after that, I'm not mad fourth round James White, or I could even get him later, uh, Philip Lindsay, even though I know they want to split him with Royce Freeman and they added Theo Riddick, but he's still a great PPR value in you know the fifth or sixth round, and then mm-hmm. guys like Austin Eckler, as you mentioned, moving on up, but could be the running well, back one. Riddick, in the in what round? No, no, not Riddick. I know they add, oh, the Broncos okay. added Riddick, which might take away a little right. bit of PPR value from Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it'll it'll affect him too much. I think it's Lindsay and Freeman for the yeah, most part. Yeah. Um, but just to tell you, um, before I speak on that, this, Michael Salfino, his third wide receiver, was actually his his number one wide receiver that I was forgetting, DeAndre Hopkins. So his wide receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore. He has Tyler Boyd in the flex, Travis Kelsey at tight end, Deshaun Watson at quarterback. He has the Chiefs D, which all right, I don't know why he did that. They're playing Jacksonville week one. That's probably why, but they're not a good D. Um, and then he's got Austin Eckler, Duke Johnson, and running backs. So now he also has very good backups and backups that could pop, like Justice Hill. Yeah, Kareem. He has Kareem Hunt, who he took very late. Alex uh, Alex Madison uh, on the Vikings, the, yeah. the handcuff to Dalvin Cook, who I have in this league, and Darwin Thompson, who's a very popular guy right now, getting hyped up because you know he seemed to have jumped over Carlos Hyde. Yeah, he might cut into Damian Williams' work, uh, and his backup wide receivers aren't anything special. He, he has Anthony Miller. He has Keyshawn Johnson, Marcus Goodwin. Uh, you know. But the team is just stacked. I mean, the starters are just stacked. And that's why you should – I agree. You should go with wide receivers early and often. But like I, like having the first, second, or third pick, I think it's okay because you're talking about the three you know, bell cows of the league, the three guys that are going to get a ton of touches and they're going to give you crazy production. Uh, and you, know, you at least have that anchor to fall back on at running back if you need to. Of course. Uh, and I still think you can get three – Great wide receivers. Now, yeah, there's uh, there's more elite wide receivers than there are running backs, mm-hmm. and the, and the wide the elite wide receivers go all the way to the late second round, possibly sometimes. Uh, by the third round, you're talking about sketchier running wide receivers. But there's a an area in the thir- three four turn where in the fourth round, really, where you have a group of wide receivers that have super high upside, which I want to live in at my wide receiver three spot, and that's Cal. Well, for me, Big Mike Williams is number one there. Absolutely. Um, Chris Godwin's in that in that area. He might go, be going a little earlier than that, but he's up there. Tyler Lockett, people like. I'm not really on that, but Tyler Lockett's a guy a lot of people like there. I like Calvin Ridley, Big Mike Williams, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. That whole area is 
a, a great wide receiver three area where you could they could turn into wide receiver ones. These guys, DJ yeah. Moore, Calvin Ridley, Big Mike, those are three guys I really want to target right there. Um, and after that, there's kind of a big fall off at wide receiver. So that's why you want to go wide receiver early. But by early, I mean like I w- I wouldn't necessarily go zero running back, but I I would go zero running back if I could execute like this kid did with Austin Eckler and Duke Johnson. Like in PPR formats, you get the pass catching running backs. They'll give you that eight, nine, ten point floor, which is a decent floor. Maybe they don't have tremendous upside, but you're getting all that upside out of your wide receivers, your quarterback, and your tight end. He has Kelsey, so he's going to get tremendous weeks out of him. Deshaun Watson, tremendous weeks out of him. And then all three of his wide receivers could pop every week. So you're talking about it doesn't matter how many points your running backs are getting at that point. Nine, ten points will suffice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what Eckler and Johnson bring on the table. You want to get the pass catchers. And the pass catching running backs, quite frankly, the ones that are third down backs or splitting carries, they're going in the fifth, sixth round range. You could get Tariq Cohen in the sixth round. I think that's a decent value, even with the talk of him getting less touches. Last year, he was an, he was RB12 in PPR. That's a wide, that's an RB1. Yeah. That's an RB1. He's a pass catching back. He ran the ball less than 100 times. Exactly. But he had over he had over a thousand uh, over a thousand yards receiving, I believe. He had six, seven touchdowns, something like that. He had a very nice yeah. Yeah, the touchdowns might regress, the catches might regress a little, but he'll still have a ton of yards and he'll still give you a 10, 15 point floor week in and week out. I love that out of the flex on a normal team, but on a zero running back team, that's a great RB one or RB two. He ended as RB one last year, so if he ends up as a, as a flex, that's what you're paying for. So it's perfect. And you hit you know upon I mean? you hit upon like a ton of stuff there, and there's definitely a few things I want to go back to. But the first thing I want to circle back to is when you said you know starting off with two wide receivers or a wide receiver and Travis Kelsey or the Zach Ertz or the George Kittles, um, you know looking into the third round, what who's like your favorite running back if you were going to go two wide receivers and then start one running back there? You know you have names like Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Carryon Johnson, Devonta Freeman, Chris Carson now rising up a little bit. David Montgomery. Really? Well, oh, I thought you were going to say David Montgomery. I thought that was the I guy you were going to say. I thought he, I, I'd bit. start him on the next tier with like Mark Ingram. No, see, I have him way ahead of Mark Ingram. Oh, wow. Way ahead of Mark Ingram. Um, yeah, I'm very high on, on David Montgomery. I'll tell you right now, in the GST draft, which was – this was that expert, expert league draft um, – in the third round, end of the third round, so I had the 11th pick. I went Michael Thomas at 11. Nick Chubb went next at 12. That was Adam Ronis, which you may know from the FNTSY network. Um, he's on all types of full-time fantasy. He does a lot of stuff, and he's very successful. He won the GST two years in a row, actually. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb, he took at running back, and then Odell Beckham at that 12-1 turn. And then I went again and took Dalvin Cook. And I pulled Dalvin Cook up the board, but I didn't care. Um, I really want Dalvin Cook this year. I think he's an RB1 breakout that's going to be you know, top five. Now, this is the thing about taking a running back, though. There is the chance he completely falters, gets hurt or something like that because he's been injury prone. And that's why you don't like the running back there because you like the wide receivers. There. You got Juju Smith-Schuster still there, Tyreek Hill. I get it. They're more safer. Um, you want that those wide receivers because you think you could get great value at running back later on. You're right. But in this draft, I decided to go Dalvin Cook because I did want to have Dalvin Cook on one of my teams. I'm doing probably 10 teams this year. I want one to at least have Dalvin Cook, maybe two. I'm very high on him, so I took him there. I have Juju Smith-Schuster in another draft, so I don't really need – I didn't really want him. Even though Juju Smith-Schuster would probably probably be the pick for most people there in a PPR league. Uh, in the 3-4 three, three, turn in the next round, 
So I had to wait a while till my third pick. Freeman went right before me. That was the one I was going to go for, Devontae Freeman. That's the RB2 range where that you're talking about. But you're talking about a little before. You're talking the early third round. So like Aaron yeah. Jones went 3-7. Damian Williams went 3-9. Um, on Johnson went in the second round, 12th pick. Carryon Johnson's flying up draft boards. Yeah. That's a guy I would definitely take there too. I, like I would do that. I would invest in some of these running backs in the third round. I don't like a lot of them, like Aaron Jones, Damian Williams. I'm not really high on those guys. I, I like guys more that I know for certain are going to catch a ton of passes. Uh, I just think the floor is way too low for a running back this early that doesn't catch a ton of passes. And Damian Williams is splitting carries, so that's another problem. Uh, and he did well in the receiving game last year, but the sample size is too small. You can't really tell how if if this guy's definitely going to be able to do it for 16 games. And there's and, no counting touchdowns from last year because touchdowns are fluky, and you never know. Right, right. Touchdowns off. I mean, he's on a great team. That's the positive. So that's why he's going in this range. But um, you know, Carry On Johnson went there. Like I said, Gurley went and two seven. Mixon went two six. So there's really not a lot of guys in this range. I ended up taking David Montgomery after Devonta Freeman at three eleven. The running backs that went after that, I'll tell you, the next running back didn't go till round four, pick four, and that was Derrick Henry. And to me, I rather have David Montgomery than Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's another one of those guys. Why am I going to invest? a third round or a fourth round pick on Derrick Henry when his floor is so low because he doesn't catch any passes. I mean, last year he was horrible the whole season up until the end. I'm not investing a third round pick into that. Exactly. Montgomery Montgomery has much bigger upside and he's going to get the touches. The volume is going to be there for him. So the ceilings is unhinged. He could, he could end up being an RB one. Whereas Derrick Henry, you know, he's not catching passes. So he's limited. I agree with a lot of what you said there. You know, Derrick Henry, especially at the end of last season, everyone was afraid of these few games that he had that it was going to drive him right off the draft board, and it did. And people are still falling for uh, those last few games that he had, even with the atrocious season. Uh, but there's another guy that you didn't mention because I'm not sure if he won before oh, or Mac? after he took. No, um, Chris Carson, as you know, Pete Carroll came out and said that he wants him to catch the ball 50 plus times this year. Uh, that would be great for PPR, especially with the way that they like to use him. So where did he go in your draft? Interesting. Um, that news came out. Well, actually, him getting the bulk of the touches obviously was known. But recent news said he might get a lot of the pass catching work, too, now that Penny hasn't looked good. Right? Yeah. That news came out after this draft. But even still, Carson went late. Carson went in the fifth, second pick of the fifth round. That's value. That's value. I, I would take him as my RB two, two, or even you know I wouldn't I wouldn't even. He's be a mad. low end RB two to me too though. Yeah, I know he's going to get a ton of touches. I know Seattle's going to run the ball a lot. There's a lot of good signs here, but my only issue is one he has had injuries. He had some injuries last year. That's why Mike Davis had to take over at one point. Um, he's not truly a gr- a good pass catcher. He, he they are going to give him more targets, but that doesn't mean he's going to do a lot with those targets. Now, so people are going to hype the fact that he gets more targets, the volume's there, great. But I'm telling you, Penny's still going to cut into this thing because he is the better pass catcher. Penny is the more talented running back. I mean, Penny was drafted in the first end of the first round for a reason. Mm-hmm. Carson wasn't. Uh, Carson's, to me, a downhill runner that he's good, he's solid, he's in a good system. So there's a lot of positives going for him. But there is a low floor. There is a low floor because if he doesn't do well in the passing game and he doesn't, you know, and he has bad games, you're talking three, four points, five points. You don't want that. Uh, that this early in the draft, I, round five is still a, 
of value, though. I'm talking about in the 3-4 turn where I took Montgomery. I'm going for upside. Uh, and I'm going for a guy who has very good volume. And this, and I took him before all the good news of David Montgomery came out about everybody loving him and him getting possibly 15 touches a game plus. Uh, you know, though, that news came out after. I, I, I just see it. You can watch him in preseason. Uh, you just know because Howard is gone. Montgomery's now there. He's obviously taking that role. Tariq Cohen cannot run between the tackles. He's not that type of running back, although I love him. I think both. I think this is the one team, the Chicago Bears, is the number one team. I'm not saying the only team, but the number one team that has two running backs that could produce on a fantasy roster and start. Agreed. Both of them could start on the same team. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, hitting on, on more of the running backs – um, in this area, you know, we, we mentioned um, Philip Lindsay and um, got pass catchers like that. But the one, and we talked about it on last episode, uh, you and I, about Melvin Gordon and about how he's still not in camp. Uh, you know, he has those injury risks of the past and well, the whole contract dispute right now. How high are you moving Austin Eckler up the board and how low is Melvin Gordon falling? So I'll tell you. In this draft, that uh, Melvin Gordon went not as late as you think. Uh, he still went kind of late. I would have to he imagine went, probably late second, early third. No, later. Later. Much okay. later. Fourth fourth round, sixth pick. I would probably do that. I would take the chance. I would, I would pull the trigger there, too. Because he's an RB1 if he plays. And if you're getting a guy that would be taken normally in the top eight in the fourth round. And that's how you win leagues. That's how you win right. fantasy football. But I just think you now most times I'm not going to get Melvin Gordon because I would wait till the end of the third on a normal basis. Now, the reason why I didn't have him here, I could have took him in the early fourth, but I took my second running back in the, in th- at three eleven, David Montgomery. This was more about roster construction too. So I, I had at this point, I had Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook as my RB1 and wide receiver one, and then David Montgomery as my RB2. I ended up taking Brandon Cooks on the turn as my wide receiver two because I didn't want to fall because I the fifth round was a very long ways away. That was the, the long, yeah. you know, the long wrap for me. So I would have to wait till pick five, pick 11, round five, pick 11. Uh, so I took Brandon Cooks because I wanted a solid wide receiver two that could give you close to wide receiver one numbers, which is what Brandon Cooks could do. Uh, and he's been so st- steady and safe. Uh, you know, to me, he's bo- he's he's a borderline top 15 running back, basically, uh, a wide receiver. I mean. Especially on a uh, team like the Rams. Yeah, exactly. Especially on a great offensive team. And there's a lot of weapons there, but Brandon Cooks already proved that he can be a rock solid wide receiver too in that system because he did it last year. Um, but I, I, that's why I didn't take Melvin Gordon. Like I usually try to not be too risky. I know I want to win the league, but I take my shots later. I'll take big shots later. Uh, earlier in the draft, I like to play it a little safer. Now Montgomery, some might say isn't safe, but I think there's enough upside here and enough safety and volume, maybe not in pedigree, but in volume, there's enough safety here for him to be an RB2 pretty solidly with RB1 upside. So that's the reason why I went there. Um, and it was just what I decided to do this draft. It, another day, if I'm drifting a different drift, I might have went, uh, instead of Dalvin Cook in the second or Dal- or David Montgomery in the third, I might have went with, you know, Chris Scott or Brandon Cook's there or Robert Woods there. Yeah. I might have ended up taking my third wide receiver in this range. I really wanted big Mike Williams, but... Early fourth, I decided to go with the safer route of Brandon Cooks. 
Uh, and then in the fifth, I went Tariq Cohen and Robbie Anderson. So I still got a pretty good wide receiver three. That's what I mean. Even in the late, even in the fifth, late fifth, early sixth round, you can get wide receivers. This is where Robbie, Robbie Anderson went. I took as my third wide receiver. Allen Robinson went a little before me. Calvin really went in the late fifth, five, nine. Um, and then Josh Gordon went right after Robbie Anderson. This is who I was actually Team BFFs who took Josh Gordon in, exactly in the early wanted, six. I wanted to bring him up next. I wanted to get your thoughts on Josh Gordon. Obviously, just reinstated again by the NFL. And I know I was talking to a few friends the other day, and they they were saying that uh, they wouldn't take him any higher than eighth round. So eighth round or later. But he's he's been skyrocketing since that since that news came out to borderline. You know wide receiver three uh, territory. So what are your thoughts on Josh Gordon? How early late would you take him? Um, with the new recent news, it's tough. I mean, early sixth, little too rich for my blood. Now, to be honest, when I was choosing at this spot between Robbie Anderson and Josh Gordon, basically, I was the one. Now, I have a co-manager for this team, uh, a guy I work with. Steve Sadavoy, his name is. He comes on my show sometimes. Uh, he, you know, he decided he wanted to split the league with me because it's a big fee. And it's a big expert league. It's three hundred twenty dollars. So we basically we split up, and he he's he basically helped me get grounded there because I really wanted the upside of Josh Gordon there uh, as my wide receiver three. I think that's a. I think this could be a solid wide receiver three. The problem is with all the negativity around him, with all the drug history and all that stuff he's more of a flex that kind of pulls him down to a flex spot mm -hmm. so i wasn't really too sure if i wanted this guy as my wide receiver three he could just quit you know halfway through the season he's mm -hmm. done it before robbie anderson is much safer he's the number one wide receiver on a team that looks a lot better offensively yes, quite they frankly do. lev bell uh you know J jameson crowder Quincy Anunua, the tight end, when he gets back, Chris Herndon after the four-game suspension, the team's going to look a lot better. I think Robbie could be a, a nice value, actually, uh, in the early six. So that's why we went there. I think there's upside there, too. That's not – if he had, if it was Robbie Anderson with someone with no upside and a cap ceiling, I would I would go Josh Gordon there because I do like to go aggressive. Like you said, you want to win leagues, you got to – you know, you got to go after the, be aggressive and go after guys with a big upside. Upside is everything, but volume also matters too. And safety, I mean, you know, you want to have a team that isn't all going to be injury prone either. So it's a, it's a balance. And I think that's why the early, early rounds are for safety with upside because you can get that there. And then the mid rounds, you take those running backs with the, the pass catching running backs who have upside and also have a nice floor so you can put them in spots and you take your shots on big wide receivers at this point, like Robbie Anderson and Josh Gordon, who have upside but also have some safety and like Robbie Anderson. That's why I went with Anderson there. I think you got to balance all those things out as you do in the draft. But I like to go really, really high upside with major risk later in the draft because there is no risk in drafting a guy like Justice Hill or you know guys who have big, big upside in good offenses, in good situations. Uh, maybe they don't have the volume yet, but they might at uh, some point in the season and help you out to help you win. And, you know, talking about value and all this upside, there's one wide receiver that you have not mentioned yet. And unfortunate news not too long ago that his quarterback went down with a foot injury against the Patriots, Cam Newton. Uh, but yeah. Curtis Samuel has been making waves among uh, training camp and practices the past few weeks and his name has definitely risen up draft boards uh but just not yet to the likes of the Robbie Anderson and he's still behind Josh Gordon like you said where do you see Curtis Samuel uh next season in terms of wide receiver range and what value uh would you take him at in the draft 
Yeah, so I'm I'm looking for Curtis Samuel here. I know that a lot of people are really high on him. So, you know, he's been moving up draft boards a lot to start the preseason. He was I was basically could could have taken him in the seventh, eighth round, uh, eighth, ninth round, really. Yeah. Because he went, I'm trying to look where he went here in the GST because this was more recent. Oh, here we go. He went in the, the middle of the seventh. So that's good value, I still think. I think so. I think that's very good value. Because um, he was going 8-9. That was great value. But now he's moving up. I've seen some drafts. People pull him up the board to the, the sixth round. I've seen drafts. People do that. And quite frankly, six, six is starting to really reach the threshold there. But seven is a value, I think. So... I'm on Curtis Samuel. I'm on that offense. I know Cam just went down. Let's see what happens here. Uh, does it? Right now, we don't know if it's serious or not. Correct? No, we have no idea. No clue. Just taking so. to the locker room precautions. So no word yet. And it was the leg, foot, foot. All right. So hopefully, it's not bad news. If it is bad news, that could drive Curtis Samuel and uh, DJ Moore stock down quite a bit. And Chris uh, I mean, you have Will Greer, right? I think Christian McCaffrey becomes the third. I th- I definitely think Kamara would, would go ahead of uh, Christian McCaffrey in most drafts. I don't know how far Christian McCaffrey would fall uh, past like four, but I don't think that he would be an undefeated like two. I don't think he'd like fall. Two. No? Yeah. I don't think he'll fall. No, no, I don't think he'll fall too, too much. No, no, I think no, no. He'll Just fall like one or two spots. Um, yeah. He's still a workhorse, still one of the best running backs in the league, but – not having Cam in an offense like that to facilitate everything, even when he was, you know, he had the shoulder problems last oh, it season. Blows, yeah, it blows everything off. Like it throws a wrench into that whole offense. Um, like DJ Moore, okay, he's going very high now too. That's why a lot of people like Curtis Samuel because they think that's just the better value, which quite frankly it is. But DJ Moore is still a guy I'm targeting in the right before the Cam Newton thing. I was talking to him in rounds four or five, like early, early fourth. I'd pull him up to early fourth if I had to. Um, And he honestly went way before that in his GST draft. Actually, no, in the GST draft, he, he went in the late fourth. He went four, nine, Uh, but I'd pull him even up to the earlier fourth, four, 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 five. Would you take Brandon Cooks ahead of him? What? Would you take Brandon Cooks ahead of him? Yeah. Most of the time. Okay, so if, Just if both of them safer. were still on the board, you still would have gone with Brandon Cooks there. DJ Moore was on the board. I went Brandon Cooks oh, at 4-2. Okay, that's right, uh, that's right. Yeah, and then Moore went 4-9. But, you know, there was a lot of good receivers on the board. Cooper Cup was on the board. Um, well, he still has that I, risk coming back off the uh, the Achilles. That's what I mean. To me, these guys, uh, the, the guys after Cooks for me, Robert Woods maybe ends the tier of wide receiver too. That's who went right after Cooks. Cooks to me is a wide receiver too. Solid. Yeah. Woods, and I think that's good value in the early fourth because he has the potential to be basically a low-end wide receiver. One, he's not going to be the best receiver in the league, but he'll be close to that high high wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one range. He's in a great offense to do that, and he's been consistent and healthy uh, most of his career. So Robert Woods is, you know, close. Uh, he's more of the PPR guy, but he doesn't have the upside that Cooks brings to the table. Woods is solid, though, but he's to me, is more of that borderline wide receiver two, wide receiver three now because he doesn't have that upside. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not going to be a wide receiver one, I don't think, uh, unless he has a really spectacular year, but I don't see that happen. I, he's more of a wide receiver two, three. 
And then it to me, the rest of these guys are wide receiver threes. Cooper Cup, I don't think he's safe enough to be a wide receiver two right now, but he does have a ton of upside, so he's a high-end wide receiver three. DJ Moore, same thing. Uh, he only had two touchdowns last year, DJ Moore. Now you got this Cam Newton who's, of course, he should drop even, for, even further than this. Uh, Big Mike Williams is a guy who I say it tops the wide receiver three tier for me. He's yeah. the top of the wide receiver three. I would even take him as a wide receiver two. I would be that crazy. That's how big I am on Big Mike Williams. Uh, that's my wide receiver breakout, number one, hands down. I think he's going to end up being a wide receiver one, quite frankly. I, I really think he's going to end up being a wide receiver one. He's that good. Uh, he's that much of a monster. He had 10 touchdowns last year. He barely got any targets. I yeah. mean, Tyrell Williams is gone for a reason. This guy's going to eat. That offense is ridiculous. Okay, even without Melvin Gordon. They don't even need Melvin they Gordon. They really don't. They really don't. They really don't. And I, that good. I fully agree with you on the whole Mike Williams thing. I, I do think that beside Keenan Allen on the other side, he could have, you know, for, le- legitimately a thousand yard season with, you know, 14 plus touchdowns. I, I really do agree that he could have that big of a year. And, you know, we could talk about running backs and wide receivers all day, but I know there's some people out there listening that do want to talk about quarterbacks and do want to know when they should draft them, who they should draft, how far should I pull Patrick Mahomes up the board? And we'll start with that venture. What are your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes? I've seen, you know, people take him in the late second round because, you know, he was the best quarterback last year, 50 touchdowns. And really the farthest I've seen him fall is the end of round three. But there's still so much value in other quarterbacks going like Matt, you know, we've talked about him in the past, Matt Ryan going like the sixth round. So what's your stance on Patrick Mahomes? So Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, I think he is that special. Um, if you watched him play last year, I mean, he makes throws from every angle, every possible rollout. Uh, you know, he's good in the pocket, good outside the pocket. He makes no look throws. Like he's just like a video game character, really. Um, it's just special because no one, I don't care. I know there's regression coming. It's obvious, you know, that's going to happen. I mean, there's 50 touchdowns passing is not happening again. I'm just sorry. It's just not. Uh, it might happen again in his career at some point. I truly believe that because he, I truly believe he's that talented. I feel like we're seeing a once in a century type quarterback here, like something we've never seen before. This is special because um, he did it his first real season. Uh, if you think about it, his rookie year, he didn't play. He played the last game of the season. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, he played a full first season and did that. That's impossible. Uh, I'm sorry. But so I don't mind if you take him in the early third round. Uh, I'm seeing him go middle third. If you get him in the early fourth, that's a value. Um, if, But mostly third round, uh, that's where he goes, and it's justified. Uh, I do think there's regression coming, but I still think he could be QB1, if not QB2. The only quarterback I think that might pass him is Deshaun Watson. Um, I think he's just that good. Uh, the offense is still just that good. Uh, there's just so much to like. I'm sorry. I know it's not worth it, though. A lot of people might say it's not worth it because, you know, how many more points? I know last year he had way more points than the next best quarterback, and that's why he was obviously such a good value, especially where you got him last year. But even at this price, if he did that again, he'd blow everyone out again. So there is that potential that he could do it again because he's already done it once. But his floor is something crazy like QB3. Yeah, so that's that's his floor. of course. You know, so – you're, you're talking about he's still going to be one of the best QB, QBs guaranteed. Um, it, it's just there is other quarterbacks that might only end up 40, 30, 50 points behind him overall in the season. And if you look at that by a game-by-game scope, that's really not much at all. So 
why do that? Uh, it all depends what's on the board, really. I would take Patrick Mahomes if he fell at the right time in the late third round. You got to be in the right part of the draft where if you don't see the value there, wide receiver, you don't see the value there, running back. Or you don't really want a tight end at that point. Like, you know, you could go Pat Mahomes. You see him glaring at you. Take him. I would do it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you not to. He's that good. He is that good. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Patrick Mahomes is definitely something special. I don't know if I would ever uh, take him unless it was the fourth uh, round, uh, just depending where I am, only because I do think that Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP this year. I really okay. like the Packers offense overall. So I would probably so wait out. you're targeting Rodgers? I am. I've seen him go in the fifth round, and I'm all over that. Yeah, let me see where he went here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's obviously <laughs> – I can't fault you for that. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks uh, of our generation, uh, of all time maybe. We'll see. But he – He's so safe too, so consistent. Doesn't throw picks. He's, I mean, he's if he has his full complement of weapons, his weapons are pretty good. They're not great. They're good. I mean, Devontae Adams, great. What he makes them, he makes them better than they are. He makes them better than they are. Right. That's why Geronimo Allison is a great value. I think where he's going because, you know, Geronimo Allison. I mean, he's the slot receiver for Aaron Rodgers. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That's all you need to know. I mean, yeah, there's injury risk. He got injured last year. He was doing great last year. With the first five games, he was a great value pick. Uh, then he got hurt. So you, if you're worried about injuries that much, sure, don't take him. But he's going in like the seventh, eighth round. You know, no, he, I mean, yeah, eighth yeah, round. Like he went 8-8 eight, eight in the GST. I wanted him at 8-2. Uh, but my co-manager insisted on taking Marvin Jones there. Oh. See, the problem Marvin Jones is the upside is limited. Now, Very I limited. did it because that's my wide receiver four. But, um, but the thing Allison is, has, I wanted the know, upside of him Allison. Yeah. And, it, and Allison's kind of safe, too, because he's the slot receiver for, for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's going to get targets. He's going to get targets. And, so yeah. I, I don't blame you for the Aaron Rodgers thing. I'm just saying I wouldn't blame anyone either for, for Pat Mahomes in the third um, you know when I do it? I do it during a zero RB strategy. If you want to go into a draft, which I'm going to do that. I haven't implemented it yet. I've done two big drafts so far and a bunch of best balls, but I haven't implemented zero RB yet. I didn't want to do it in GST. I played it more safe and went more traditional with you know a more balanced roster construction type draft. Um, but I don't know if that's enough to win a league. That's the thing. Like Marvin Jones is not a league winner. I'm sorry. No. He's just not a league winner. Uh, normally, I'd be very aggressive. So zero RB, I would absolutely take a chance on Pat Mahomes in the middle of third, late third, early fourth. And, you know, I can't, you know, that's obviously um, something that if I went zero RB, I might consider just depending on how the draft flow is going. Yeah, because you get open picks. Yeah. You get open picks, you know. But there's one thing that we've been, I've been waiting to bring this up because this is a good range to talk about it where he's fallen uh, right near where Patrick Mahomes might go in the middle of the third round um, is Antonio Brown and the whole mess that he's got himself into with the Raiders and the helmet grievance and the injuries to his feet with the <laughs> frostbite. And like That's crazy venture where do you even take Antonio Brown or do you just leave him? So at this point, it's, it, it would be tough for me. Uh, I will tell you that I already did draft Antonio Brown, but that was the FNTSY staff league draft, which was 
uh, I don't know, maybe two, maybe two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. It was on a Friday. So not, not last Friday, the Friday before that. That might so, have been yeah, when some two, of the almost info two weeks, came out. Almost, that's when Antonio Brown was only dealing with the foot. Yeah. And, you know, the helmet thing literally came out, I think, later that day. I think, yeah, because my friend had texted me uh, that he took Antonio around that day and he had a great draft. And then two hours later, it comes out that Antonio Brown with the whole helmet thing. And it just seems like, you know, why even bother? Yeah, I know. I think there comes a point, though, in any any draft with these risky guys uh, you know, you're talking about a risky guy, but a risky guy only for the fact that it's his, it's, it's him. It's, it's his mental it's state. It's the now. drama that comes with him. The drama that comes with it, but the drama doesn't reflect in fantasy. If he could get, if he stays on the field and he just plays football with them, I know you're worried about him quitting or whatever, or just doing crazy stuff. I just think this is a lot of smoke and mirrors. I think Antonio Brown knows how to draw a crowd. Uh, he's a prima donna. We know that. So is Odell Beckham. They're going to play football, though. They love football, okay? I'm not worried about the feet with Antonio Brown. He's back at practice. Um, I'm not worried about his playing ability. I'm not worried about the volume. Like, you're talking about a league winner. This is what we're talking about here. You want to win a league, you got to take chances. I think in the early third, mid-third, I would take the chance. Now, that's where I got him two weeks ago, though. Uh, In the FNTSY draft, I went – I had the first pick. I took Saquon Barkley. The first pick, and then at the two-three turn, I went Adam Thielen and Antonio Brown. Uh, but actually, I had a later third-round pick because I made a trade to get the first pick. I originally had the third pick, so I lost some later picks. We had we swapped, so I had a later third-round pick. So I got him a little bit into the third round, like the third pick of the third round. So uh, I think there at the time, I thought it was great value. I was like, wow, my team's looking sacked already. Saquon, Thielen, and Antonio. Antonio is my wide receiver too at that point. I took Thielen as a safe wide receiver one, which I absolutely love Thielen this year too. I think he's a great late second round pick um, because there's a lot of garbage in that two, three turn. There's yeah. a lot of sketchy, injured, um, just a lot of guys that are not safe at that two, three turn. And I think Thielen's one of the safest, but Antonio Brown isn't, but the upside is so good. I think it's okay to take a shot in the third. I still think it's okay to take a shot in the third. I really do. I, I don't think you'll regret it. I just I'm I'm having a hard time fully committing to it. I I again yeah. have to see how the draft plays out, how my roster is looking. Well, this is why I encourage everybody if they really want to play a lot of fantasy, you got to do you can't just have one team or two teams, okay? Cuz you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, even if you have a great draft, you know, you don't know for sure not who's going to hit anything. who's not. Nothing's guaranteed, right? Injuries can come to anybody at any given time. Injuries could happen to anybody, especially in football. So there's a lot of luck involved. Let's face the facts. There's a lot of luck involved. So you you want to reduce that luck? You want to minimize that, that, that luck factor within your gameplay in fantasy? What you do is you play – got to play in a lot of leagues. Okay, don't – I know leagues are expensive sometimes, $100, $200, but you could find leagues online, best ball leagues that you don't even have to manage sometimes for $10, $20, $30 drafts. You go in, you make 10 teams total for the season if you want, manageable teams. I know that's a lot. That's what I'm going to be doing this year, 10. That's really my max limit. After a while, it just get, becomes a real headache, and yeah. you, you almost have everybody at that point. <laughs> uh, and it costs a lot of money, of course. So you know, if I had a ton of money, maybe I'd do 50 
but like, like Jim, Jim Day. Day. Yeah. Jim Day does 150 <laughs> and he insane. manages about 30. That's insanity. I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't have that kind of time. I just don't have that time either. But 10 leagues is fine. You give yourself a chance to get everybody. Now I already have Antonio Brown in one league. Now I got six, seven more drafts coming up. I might take him maybe one more time. I may want exposure to him twice in 10 leagues, let's say. I would do that. And I think it's worth the risk. It, you know, if you're doing one draft and only one draft for the whole season, you have one team to manage all season. Sure, don't take the chance on his hundred round in the third round. That's your only team. You don't want to blow it your third round pick on a guy that might not play at all. Like if he just decides to quit, I just think there's a better chance he plays. He's practicing right now. Like he, there's a better chance he plays than he doesn't at this point. Just to end it quick with Antonio Brown, I do think, like you said, he ends up playing. Uh, depending on how the Raiders do, I honestly think that if they're sitting at like. 2-12 and 12 at some point late in the season, he won't play. He'll just sit out and be like, I'm protecting myself for next season, or he'll make up some excuse why not to play. That's the only reason I would still have doubts about taking him. But one more player that we didn't talk about who is also sitting out, who's also a top pick, is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I know Jerry Jones not too long ago made comments that saying Zeke who and his aid, Zeke's agent and Ezekiel Elliott himself were both not happy with those comments, and it didn't help the situation at all. So, Venture, mm-hmm. how far uh, does Zeke have to fall in the first round before you decide to take him? Well, the question is, I heard that there was a bit of news today that they offered him a big contract. Okay, I did not see that. Yeah, so, yeah. Cowboys have offered to make holdout running back because he got one of the two highest paid running backs in the NFL. In other words... More than Le'Veon Bell, but now I'm taking this from RotoWorld.com. This is from ESPN's Ed Water, his report. Um, this is what he's saying. In other words, more than Le'Veon Bell, but less than Todd Gurley's market resetter. That is surely not going to fly with Elliott, who is undoubtedly aiming to become the league's highest paid running back. So I don't know. Can, will he take this offer? I mean, obviously, the cow- they're a lot closer than Melvin Gordon is. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, they're a lot closer. Melvin Gordon deal isn't getting done. That's why I don't like taking the chance on Melvin Gordon. I think I think the chances are of him holding out the whole season because a running back has already done this. It's not like he's going to be the first one. Exactly. This isn't Le'Veon Bell we're talking about. Le'Veon Bell already did it. He got a nice big co- contract, but it's only for two years from the New York Jets. Melvin Gordon might think he might be able to get a contract like that. Maybe he does. And the Chargers, is not, the Chargers are not going to budge, dude. The Chargers are not that type they of organization. They don't need him. They don't need him uh, that badly. They have two, uh, you know, high ceiling running backs. One we know is good is Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, who looked good in a small sample size. So why do they need Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon deal might not get done. I think there's a 90% chance Melvin Gordon misses this whole season. Uh, I'm serious. That's why I don't really want to touch him. I don't have him yet. I don't plan on getting him. The only way I take him is if he's really dropping and the value is just way too good to pass up. Uh, I'm talking – you know, fifth round even, then I do it because there is that upside. But how big is his upside really? I mean, he he's re- he's very good. But even if he comes back, now he's got problems with the team. Uh, you you still have these two other good running backs on the team. Maybe they cut into his touches. Uh, is he really even a, a first round pick at that point? No, I don't. You know, I don't think so. Uh, I just I think Zeke though is is much safer. I think this deal will get done before the season starts, and then I think he's a possible fourth-round pick. Now, if you ask me, in a big-money league with a gun to my head, uh, and I have the fourth pick, am I taking Zeke? I'm not taking him. 
I don't know. I would take Devontae Adams or Hopkins. I would start. I would take the two wide receivers over. You love right the wide now. receivers. Huh? I would. Tell me what what what's your like ideal situation? How how would you play that out? What to grab Hopkins or draft. Adams fourth? Or to take? Well, what pick do you have? And and the the one that I know right now, I have six. So oh, that's all you know so far. Yeah. The one with us. Okay. So you have the six pick. So you have the middle pick, which isn't a great pick. If Zeke fell I to love you that there. Pick. If you love the six pick, okay, yeah, because you love the wide receivers there. All right, but if Zeke fell to you, that you would not take it. If Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins was somehow still on the board at six, and Zeke was there too, I would take the wide receivers over him. I'll tell you right now that DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins has a very good chance of being there, but there is a chance he does get taken before six. But Devontae Adams will one hundred percent be there. Then I will take one hundred percent Devontae Adams over Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, because you know the top three, you know who they're going to be. Okay, there's Saquon, McCaffrey, and Kamara. And four, and depending on the Cam Newton news, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but let's say for now, McCaffrey's in there. Four, you know, a lot of people might go, if they don't go Zeke, which a lot of people will go Zeke. A lot of people will tell you they'll go Zeke right now. And I, and honestly, I might do that in one draft the whole se- season this year. I'll take my chances on a Zeke because he is a league winner. Um, and I think the deal will get done. But I wouldn't do it too often. Uh, and other times, a lot of people would take Lev Bell or David Johnson there. I've seen now, that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Lev Bell there. Uh, I'd wait a little longer for Lev Bell. But David Johnson is a guy I might take it for over the other wide receivers because he is a bell cow. I know the Arizona offense looks terrible. But, you know, I, we've seen great running backs produce great years on terrible teams before. Uh, last year, he obviously had a down year. He was still a top 10 running back in PPR. Uh, the volume is just there. And a lot of fantasy is – most of fantasy, uh, especially in the early rounds, is about volume. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of fantasy players now, you know, they still want to take those running backs and say, you know, they have a bell cow running back. So that's why having the sixth pick, I'm not too worried about getting uh, one of the top two wide receivers off the board that I want. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if Zeke is there and they're close, I, it's just it's tough. I really don't want to take that risk there, especially when I know I can get that's fine. You you yeah. should go how you think you should go. If you want to go wide receiver at six, go wide receiver at six. Even if Zeke's on the board, I wouldn't criticize you for that because, frankly, Zeke is still a risk. Uh, so you could go either way on that. Let me I think that first round, there's a lot of different ways you could go in those middle rounds. You know, I, I just think you whether you go DJ or Bell and go for a bell cow potential running back or whether you go Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, I think – you're in a good situation either way. Let's say that you still had the sixth pick and I kept the second pick and you're sitting in the same scenario that I was where Devontae Adams is on the board and Ezekiel Elliott's there at six. What are you doing? Zeke, what about Hopkins? Where's he? We'll say he's still on the board too. We'll say the top five was all running backs. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell all went top five with uh, McCaffrey and Kamara and Saquon. So you're sitting there. Both wide receivers are on the board, the top two. And Zeke is and also Zeke. on the board. So Bell went at five, I yeah. guess. Um, I would probably. Oh wow! I mean, that's so tough, man. <laughs> that's I exactly. Mean, but that's the situation so, that some players are facing right now in their drafts. I'll, I'll tell you this. Like, honestly, it really depends on which league I'm playing in, and you know, I play multiple leagues. Like, if it was my only league, maybe I wouldn't. Okay, but. And it was a big money league, like a $100 plus league. And I know, you know, for you young guys out there, $100 is a lot of money. So, you know, $100, that, then I wouldn't – I would maybe not go Zeke. You want to be risk adverse, go the other way. Go with a, a wide receiver that's much safer. I get it. And they still have a lead upside. I get it. 
Um, but when, if I'm in a big money league and I'm looking to win, and it's one of those leagues where I'm competing with a lot of other a lot of other leagues, like an NFFC championship, I might go Zeke because that's a league league, league winner right there, like that. Like I'm going for it all. I'm not looking to come in, you know. A uh, hundredth place out of fifteen hundred people. I'm looking to come in first, so I'm going to take Zeke there. Okay, yeah. or if it's the total opposite, and I'm in a really you know a cheaper league, one of my cheapest leagues, let's say a ten dollar league or something like that, then I would go Zeke. But if I'm in a a hundred dollar league and it's my only league, or I'm in a hundred dollar league and I, I want to play it more seriously, and uh, you know I want to play it a little safer because I already have Zeke somewhere else in a big league, you know I, I'll go a different route. Uh, that's the whole thing. It, it all depends on what you are doing this draft season. Like, you know, a lot of us play in a lot of leagues. If you're just playing in one, then say, I'd say no. Then I'd say, don't go Z. Play it safer. Go DeAndre Hopkins. I would go Hopkins over Adams. That's for sure. I still think uh, Adams over Hopkins. Because I think that, because I like Aaron Rodgers as MVP. Right. So if you if you like Rodgers MVP, obviously Adams might have 15 touchdowns. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, I understand that. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't fault you for that. I just think Hopkins is a lot safer. Uh, well, actually, you know, based on the stats last year that I have right here, Devontae Adams scored 16-plus PPR points in all 15 games he played in that season, and no other wide receiver did that in more than 11 games. That's well, safe. Well, that's, that's, that's one a, portion that's of the stat, but that doesn't mean Hopkins didn't – I mean, Hopkins – I'm talking about not just last year too, though. Uh, you know, there's been times where uh, – Devontae Adams has gotten popped and got concussions and stuff. And True, that's the only time, concern I would have about him. Right, whereas if you look at DeAndre Hopkins' career, he's barely missed any time whatsoever. Uh, you're talking about just an Iron Man. Um, and has also, if you're worried about Deshaun Watson getting hurt, also has produced a great season under Brock Osweiler uh, at quarterback. So it's just the guy is, you know, like, it's just so safe and elite that you can't miss. This is literally can't miss DeAndre Hopkins. Devontae Adams, you can miss, quite frankly. If he gets hurt and he misses six games, you've missed at that point. You know what I mean? So, For what you're paying. Yeah, and it's, um, it's honestly, it's it's a toss-up. It could go either way. You could make the strong arguments and strong cases for both of them. I know a lot of experts have Hopkins ahead of Adams, but some of them by Yeah, you can go margins. both ways. That's what I said. I mean, listen, they're both very safe. Uh, for the most part, they're both elite. They're both going to give you wide receiver one numbers. I mean, they're probably not going to be very far apart from each other when it's all said and done. I don't think Devontae Adams will blow out DeAndre Hopkins numbers, and I don't think DeAndre Hopkins will blow out Devontae Adams numbers. I think they'll be relatively close, but they'll both be in the top five. Yes, and I fully back that up. And before we wrap up the show here today, there's just one more question I have to ask you, Ventra. And sure. It's uh, we talked about it a little bit before the show started, and there was one piece of it that I didn't add. Um, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, two very exciting quarterbacks that could be drafted this season. I oh, know, yeah. yeah, and we talked about Lamar Jackson before, but out of those two, do you would you draft um, one over the other? How late would you take them, and what's your stance on both of them? Okay, so. <laughs> I absolutely love Lamar Jackson in fantasy this year. Um, I love Lamar Jackson coming out of college. Uh, he was my favorite quarterback out of all the quarterbacks that went. He went last at the end of the first round because of obviously his uh, accuracy issues. Yeah. But uh, first of all, the saying of you can't teach accuracy, that they, that mantra that goes around, like it's just, 
I think it's bull BS. Um, you can teach accuracy because accuracy can mean a lot of things. Uh, if you're talking about accuracy, you're talking about decision making. You're talking about uh, obviously putting the ball on a point. So your focus, your your vision, uh, your mechanics are very important. A lot of things go into accuracy, and you can fix mechanics, and you can fix bad habits. I mean, you know, there's certain guys that have bad habits and they can't get out of them, but Mostly, a lot of things can be fixed mechanically. Uh, the thing you can't teach is a cannon arm, mm -hmm. okay? A rocket. Uh, and, you know, a lot of these guys don't have rockets. Deshaun Watson being one of them, but he's a great quarterback because he's got great vision. He makes great decisions. Uh, he's a smart quarterback. A lot of things go into this. So the, the saying you can't teach accuracy is BS. Now, Lamar Jackson, um, actually, there's actually a col uh, I have a whole list. I don't know where it is. I can't find it right now, but a college list of all the quarterbacks that were very good NFL quarterbacks now and in the past that had horrible uh, accuracy in college, uh, like 55% accuracy in college, they ended up being like, I think Matt Ryan was one of those guys that like who had a year where he had like 55 accuracy or 58 accuracy, like something low. And now he's uh, great. And now he's, you know, one of the most accurate quarterbacks. He's a great yeah. quarterback. So that's what I'm saying. Like Lamar Jackson was a rookie last year. Josh Allen was a rookie last year. Um, Josh Rosen was the worst of them all. And he was a pocket passer. Yeah. Uh, so, so the, the and in fantasy, running quarterbacks are undervalued. People think that you know they're, they're going to get hurt. They have this big worry about they're going to get hurt. Of course, uh, they have a worry that you know their numbers aren't good in the passing game, so they're not that good at quarterbacks. But when you add in a guy that can rush for eight hundred yards, okay, and rushing touchdowns, especially in a league where quarterbacks throw a lot of quarterback leagues have quarterbacks for four point a passing touchdown. Not six, four. Uh, and so if you have a rushing touchdown as a quarterback, you're getting six. So if you're a quarterback that rushes for eight touchdowns, ten touchdowns, you know, you're way ahead of the, uh, the game already. Yeah. You know, you're way ahead of the game already. And if you're rushing for 800 yards, now you're way more ahead of the game. And Lamar Jackson is a guy that John Harbaugh said, if you, if you were to tell me if you should put a bet on him to have 136 plus carries, which I think is the record, uh, it's something like that. It's like in the 130s. Yeah. And he said, I would place that, put, put the house on it. I would put that bet down now. Like he's basically saying he's built a, a playbook, okay, around John Harbour has built a playbook around Lamar Jackson. This is going to be a run pass option offense that they're going to run the ball a ton. They're going to run the ball with the quarterback a ton. They're going to do a ton of options. It's going to look like Navy midshipmen. Okay, it's going to look like Navy college football. Okay, there's going to be a lot of throwing too, but it's going to be they're going to lead the league basically by a long shot in rushing the ball. I definitely think so. Lamar Jackson might rush the ball 200 times. Like we're talking like a lot. Okay, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. So if he does even stay healthy for 13 of the games of the 16, okay, let's say he does get injured for three games, okay, which there's no risk of injury right now, really yet. And there's okay. no risk in taking him and taking either, you know, a solid backup behind him that you could start those right. games and still trust like Phillip Rivers. Exactly. That's the other thing. So you and here's the thing. This is why people are like, oh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, why would you take Lamar Jackson over Russell Wilson, um, Jared Goff, uh, Drew Brees and all these other guys that are going in that low end QB one range? Why would I take Lamar Jackson above them? Because he's like my QB seven, eight right now. Like he's flying up my draft board because for me, it's just the value is too high and you can get a very good quarterback in the, as your QB too. Yeah. I've paired Lamar Jackson with Jared Goff. I think that's a great pair. Um, I've in the GST, I, 
I'm going after running quarterbacks. I'll tell you that right now. And it's not just Lamar Jackson, but he's the top one for me. Uh, for me, it's him, then Kyler Murray, okay? Then I would say Josh Allen. Uh, he, those are the three running quarterbacks that you would take later. That, that you're taking later. You know, yeah, not Deshaun Watson, obviously not the higher end quarterbacks. They're getting taken in the fifth, sixth round. I'm talking about, guy, about guys you could get in the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th rounds. I got Josh Allen in the 14th round. I got Jared Goff in the 13th round in the GST. So I paired my pocket passer who throws for a ton of yards and a ton of attempts. That's what you need in terms of your pocket passer. Safe guy who probably won't get hurt because he's a pocket passer. With Josh Allen, who's my running quarterback, who rushed for over 600 yards last year and eight touchdowns on the ground. So, you know, I want that upside and that safety that the running quarterback brings to the table because not only do they bring a, a nice floor. I mean, Josh Allen was QB1 or QB2 for like a basically four or five weeks at the end of the season when he came in. He was QB1 or QB2, Josh Allen. Yeah. And you're getting him – you could get him probably in the 15th, 16th round. I probably took him too early in the, in the 13th, 14th round. Yeah. To be honest, but the value is there because there's so much, there's such a high floor and there's also a super high ceiling because these were rookies last year. Josh Allen has a cannon. Quite frankly, I like Josh Allen almost just as much as Lamar Jackson. Mm. And people might think I'm crazy. I for think taking you're crazy. Him above the, uh, that's fine. Well, the Ravens, think I think the Ravens have a great offense. The, what's that? I think the Ravens have just a great offense overall. I don't think Buffalo they has have a, a phenomenal line. offense. They have a good offensive line. That That's what... Uh, you know, that's why people are taking Lamar ahead of Josh Allen. People don't believe in Josh Allen for some reason. Listen, if you believe in Lamar Jackson, I know they're building the offense around his running ability. That's the appeal here. And they have a good offensive line. They got Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, who looks good. The receivers are pretty good. They're not great yet because they're a bunch of rookies, really, and Willie Sneed. Yeah. So they're not great by any means. Um, but the tight ends, you know, you have Mark Andrews there who's coming into it. Mark own. Andrews is good. Yeah, Mark Andrews is good. You got Hayden Hurst, good blocker. I know that offense is built nicely, but there's still great risk. I mean, there's still the chance that he throws for 52% pay, uh, completion percentage and he throws a ton of picks uh, and, you know, and that's, gets killed and that's the, the risk with those and, guys. What? That's the risk with some of those later on quarterbacks is that, right. you so know, that, with the inaccuracy. So, uh, you know, I don't understand how you don't, how you wouldn't be able to like Josh Allen too. Now I'm not saying like him as much as Lamar Jackson. Sure. Look, I like Lamar Jackson more too. I would take Lamar Jackson first. Now in that 13th round, Lamar Jackson went, before I could pick. And I, I played QB chicken for too long. That was my target. That's who I wanted. I'm with you. I'm all on that bandwagon. Uh, this guy's going to go off, I think. But like you said, you got to pair him with somebody. Uh, and that and Jared Goff is one of those guys I like to pair him with. Drew Brees. Um, you know, if you want to throw Jameis Winston in there, you want to throw, I don't know, so a lot of people like Big Ben. I'm off Big Ben, so, you know, I'm not going to do that. But a lot of people will. There's just so many quarterbacks to choose from, really. I mean, it's, it's basically – a big bowl of candy and it never runs out. Like you could literally go as far back as Jimmy Garoppolo. I take my chance yeah, on him as a QB too. Um, you know, there's just so many and I don't care what Garoppolo is doing in preseason, dude, that doesn't matter to me. Like I'll be the only one in the bandwagon. I really don't <laughs> care. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a good quarterback, like a QB, a solid QB two and upside of a QB one, a low end QB one. Um, I think he's that good, but Josh Allen is a guy I would gladly take ahead of these guys. Russell Wilson is a guy that's fallen a little bit for me because he doesn't throw. He didn't throw the ball out last year. He threw the ball one of the least out of all the quarterbacks in the NFL. Four twenty-seven. I mean, that's just not throwing the and, ball and enough. He and he did, doesn't even run enough to compensate. Did, yeah, last year was his first year in the NFL. He didn't have a rushing touchdown. He didn't rush for one touchdown. Rushing touchdowns. That's good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't want. 
if you're if you're talking about a running quarterback and you want to get running value out of a guy, he has to be able to run a lot. Uh, and just Russell Wilson doesn't cut it. He is safe in terms of he's a great co- NFL quarterback. Uh, he's not going to throw a ton of picks. He's not going to you know hurt you. Uh, he'll throw it. He threw a ton of touchdowns last year. That's quite frankly why he did so good last year too, is because he threw 35 touchdowns. But he did it on 427 attempts. I expect. I don't think he's going to throw for 427 again. Okay, but I do think he'll be around 500. Okay, that's what his career tells you right now. Um, and I think that's that's not a lot. That's kind of on the lower side. But uh, and he doesn't really have a ton of weapons. DK Metcalf just got hurt. Uh, we'll see what happens when he comes back. And I don't know if I believe in him yet or not. Tyler Lockett's good. He's not great. I don't think he's a true number one wide receiver. I'm just not high on the Seattle offense altogether. Uh, yeah, he's a great NFL quarterback, but he fantasy doesn't work like that. Uh, fantasy just doesn't work like that. If you don't have the attempts, if the volume's not there on the ground or in the air, uh, and last year, like we said, he ran the ball 67 times for 376 yards and no touchdowns. The year before that, 95 for 586 and three touchdowns. The year before that, only 259 and one touchdown. Yeah, He's no. not consistent in that rushing ability. No. Uh, I think Allen is a rushing quarterback. I mean, he had eight touchdowns on the ground last year and over 600 yards rushing, and there's no weapons on that Buffalo team. I think he's going to have to run the ball a ton, whether they like it or not, Buffalo. Uh you know, and then he's going to have to throw a lot because they might be down a lot in games because I don't think the offense is very deficient. Yeah, their defense is good, but uh, I think there's going to be volume to be had with Josh Allen. I think that's a real steal right now in drafts. I'm not going to lie. I, I like Josh Allen a lot. And I can't, a, I, I can't fault you for that. What? I can't fault you for that one. And, you know, we could literally talk about fantasy football all I day. I you guys before you, before you end it. I want to hear what, who you like in that range and why you like Lamar Jackson so much. I mean, obviously, for a lot of things I said, but is there I, other guys that you're targeting as late quarterbacks that you like that could pop? Um, I mean, you know, we, we hit on uh, a lot of them there. And besides getting on Lamar Jackson more recently, um, I mean, Kyler Murray I had ranked pretty high, although I'm a little wary of the uh, Arizona offense, as we had said. But besides that, you know, we didn't mention – Tom Brady, who's going undrafted in some leagues, and as much as I don't like him, I would pair him with one of these younger guys <laughs> just because I see a win-win situation where if he does good Josh this season, Porter. then I have him. But if he doesn't do good this season, then I like that because I'm just not a very big fan of Tom Brady in general. <laughs> no, dude, I I get it. But So Brady is saying is a great value. You like that value. I do. You don't like- I do. I wouldn't even like, you know, what I would – if. For people who are drafting right now, what I usually suggest is don't take a defense. Um, take one more player and see how it pans out in the preseason, and then stream defense. Yeah, I usually do that just because you can see, like, let's say um, you take a backup running back to a, you know someone in the league that hasn't gone yet, and then you stash him, and then some God forbid something happens the next two weeks, and one of them goes down, and you already have his backup. You could just stream defenses. I'm really not mad at that. I wouldn't waste like a even an eighth or a ninth round pick on a defense. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that. I don't mind. I really don't um, like oh, anybody that does that where they, you know, first of all, we shouldn't even be playing with leagues and with kickers anymore. So I don't. I was going to mention kickers. Uh, some people do that too with kickers. Some people do that with defense, and some people do that with. Um, I mean. 
some people actually even do that with their quarter, like their second quarterback. Like they don't yeah. like to take a backup depending on the rounds, you know, because uh, you could stream quarterback. I mean, quite frankly, you could stream your backup tight, uh, tight end, too. I mean, it's all how you want to play it. To me, I don't know. I take a defense, but what I do is I just wait till the very end and I take it last. And to me, like there's defenses that I think have value and could end up being a defense that I could keep on my roster. And, uh, you know, yeah, eventually I might have to drop them or yeah, eventually I might have to pick up another D, but like, I think there's a high upside chance on some of these D's that are cheap. I'm not going to spend a high pick on a defense. I'm not going to be the first person to take a defense, but I would, draft like the Browns D, for instance. Uh, they're not getting drafted high. There's a lot of defenses going before them, and I think they're a value pick D. Uh, I think they're a D that could make plays. Really, it's not about how many points you give up. See, too many people are worried about, oh, the, like the Vikings. People aren't taking the Vikings D in drafts till late. They're taking a lot of Ds over Vikings D defense because, because right now, they're week one, they're playing, I think, Atlanta or, or, or just a great offensive. What about the points these defenses give up, okay? It's more about the sacks, the interceptions, the punt returns for touchdowns. Yeah. And quite frankly, a lot of it's based on luck, okay? Uh, you'll see different Ds in the top at the end of the season all the time anyway. But I do think there is some consistency you can get from defenses that have good defensive ends and good cornerbacks that could get interceptions and they make plays and get sacks. Uh, and I think the Cleveland Browns can be that type of D. And you're getting it on the cheap. I mean, it's your, if it's your last pick or your second to last pick, I really don't mind taking a D. I mean, people take Ds for a reason. Fill out your roster. Uh, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, it's not – I don't care either way, you know? Like, if I just I, like filling out my roster, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's it. If anyone um, wants a, a sleeper defense, I suggest the New York Jets. Just saying. Even even losing Avery <laughs> Williamson, I think they can be a top They defense. have a good week one matchup. They do. Buffalo. Yep. So if people are if people are looking for a defense to stream New York Jets week one, uh, but yeah. venture you I know mean, sad news Avery Williamson sorry yeah, about that yeah, um, but yeah I mean I just think there's there's a lot of value that you can get from things that just the casual fan if you this is just to the people out there who are casual right now or looking to get more serious and really want to dominate their draft. Like if you really want to win, I think you got to think about these things that a lot of people don't think about and undervalued quarterbacks, running quarterbacks, specifically Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is another one, but you can get him even later. That's the thing. Quarterback is so deep for most drafts. Wait on quarterback. Like don't, I wouldn't take a quarterback early unless there's a value. Like, unless that quarterback is supposed to go like Mahomes, go in the third, or and Watson he's going, and it's, falls and it's the a late sixth. fourth. What? Or like Watson. I've seen I've seen Watson in mock drafts fall yeah, to Watson. the sixth. Yeah. So. Sixth, yeah. So, Watson, you can get in the fifth, sixth, seventh. I wouldn't take him in the fifth. See, that's not a value. Like, fifth is where he's pretty much going. Sixth, now that's a little bit more value. I would pull this trigger on him in the sixth if I, you know, saw that that's the best one of the best players on the board. Like if there's nothing really left at running back wide receiver or I feel comfortable where I'm at at running back and wide receiver, boom, I'll take Watson in six or seven. Seven I think is a great value. Yep. I would definitely pull the trigger on Watson in seven. So that's what I'm saying. Like you could pull the trigger on these earlier quarterbacks. Don't just go by the rule all the time by saying I'm going to wait on quarterback forever in every draft you do. Pull the trigger on a guy you might like a little earlier, but you're getting some value in terms of draft stock. Um, but for the most part, in most drafts, I would say, like if you did 10, I would do this in six of them. I would wait for quarterback, get, you know, stock up your running backs, wide receivers, stack them up, 
you can. I'm okay with taking a tight end earlier this year. Uh, middle rounds, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, Hunter Henry, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Cool with all that. Uh, seventh round, great value there if you get one of those guys. Vance McDonald in the ninth, tenth, or whatever, something around there. Uh, you know, if you like Jared Cook, sure, take him in the eighth, ninth. Like, there are some tight ends with value. I think, uh, you know, in the middle rounds, but I wouldn't spend for Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle in those early rounds unless I'm doing a zero RB. Uh, late late rounds, you could still get good tight ends. Uh, I got David and Njoku real late in this draft that I did at GST. Uh, I got him in the in the end of the tenth, yeah, the end of the ninth round. So early early tenth, end of ninth. Njoku, I think that's another good tight end that you could take because he's got a lot of upside and great offense. Uh, you know, you got to wherever there's value, you take it. Go for high upside guys late in the draft. Um, don't undervalue the running quarterbacks. Like I said, I'm stressing that. And pair those quarterbacks, those running quarterbacks, with a solid pocket passer, like a Jared Goff and like the guys we've mentioned before, Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, you know, Phillip Rivers, Kirk Cousins. Pair those guys. That's why I don't mind pulling a guy like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Kyle Murray up the board because everyone's doing that right now. They're pulling up the running quarterbacks up the board. I'm okay with somebody doing that and taking him in the 10th round or ninth round. But as long as you pair him a little later with a solid, safe pass catcher, so you, you protect yourself. I'm all about getting backups and protecting yourself, like running backs, stacking up on deep, having deep running back roster, having a deep wide receiver roster. Uh, I will always draft two quarterbacks for most leagues, unless it's a, you know, a little small of a league, like a, a 10 teamer or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a 12 teamer where, you know, I feel like I don't really need it. Let's say I took uh, Baker Mayfield or one of those top tier quarterbacks. I don't really feel like I need it. Fine, I won't take a backup. But for the most part, I take two quarterbacks. I like having the safety because anybody could really get hurt. And if you draft well, you won't have to do too much in the waiver wire. Of course, you're going to have to do something. But, you, you know, at some point, a guy's going to get hurt or a guy's not going to produce. It happens. You're going to miss. Uh, you got to take some waiver wire. But you want to limit the amount of waiver wash stuff you're doing yeah. uh, by drafting good. So that's really my advice. Take advantage of what your league mates are doing. If they're pulling up, making stupid decisions, pulling up quarterbacks that they shouldn't be pulling up tight ends that they shouldn't be, or, you know, just doing things that where the ADP is completely off and guys that have real good value fall down the board, take that value. That's one of the best things to do. Uh, and you'll come out with a good team, no matter what, don't go in with a strategy like, Oh, I want to go, Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back. Now, I know you want to do that and you want to go wide receiver heavy, but I think you should also take the best value on the of board course, when it course. comes to I, you. know what I mean? The draft is playing out in a favor where I see, you know, guys that I like falling to me in the, in the third round or, you know, if I get like, a, if you know, Joe Mixon or someone's there in the second round that I really like, I'll, I'll grab right. it. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, don't be afraid to – like. Yeah, in the serious – you want to implement a strategy and you really you really love that strategy. Like, listen, the guy did a zero RB, did it very well. That's putting a strategy together. That's making a conscious effort to not take running backs at all really, uh, even though there was value running backs on the board. And I understand it. Running backs are sketchy and, you know, a lot of them are going to miss. And, you know, you're getting a lot of late-round value in running backs too. I get it. But in different drafts, I think that you should do different things too and you should take – do a draft where you're taking all guys that you think are great value or are the right value. Uh, don't 
pull guys, do a draft where you're not pulling guys up the board and you're just taking all value picks. Do a draft where you want to go zero RB. Do a draft. This is why you need to be in multiple leagues. Because how are you going to implement all these strategies? You know, you can't go value all the way through in a draft and say you went with a wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver strategy. If it turns out like that, because you think those are the values, that's one thing. But if you're just taking best value on the board and it just so happens you're not going, you didn't mean to go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, then you did a different strategy. You know what I mean? Or if it comes out running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, because you're going best value, obviously you couldn't implement a, a zero running back strategy. So that's the thing. You need to have different leagues so you could play with it a little bit because there's really no wrong way. You can win with a zero RB strategy and you can win by going classic balance strategy. You win by going wide receiver he- heavy and taking, you know, running backs in the fourth and fifth rounds or third and fourth rounds, you know, and going wide receiver, wide receiver, the first two rounds. You could go all different ways, really. Honestly, you really could. Such because a lot of these guys are just gonna, you know, the guys that don't even have injury history are gonna get injured. Like it's just gonna happen. A lot of things are gonna change. Venture, you are one phenomenal talker. I must say. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I did rant. I know. I love. I we love the passion here and such great advice. You know, if anyone can take away anything from this, it is do absolutely anything you want because any anything is or everything is off limits. Uh, Ventra, thank yeah. you for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. I definitely think that after our draft, um, we need to have a little bit of a recap, maybe with some other guys yeah. in the league, just to one more quick fantasy football show before the season starts. Yeah, you're right. We definitely need to do that. Yeah, I'm. You know, I just want people to try to take advantage of their leagues. You know, and I think that you could go different ways. I'm not saying, oh, you got to go this way or that way. I just think that it's important also that you grab the value uh, and. You know, you you t- like I, I like your strategy of the wide receivers early um, because they are safe and elite and maybe going running backs later. If your draft so happens to go like that, do that. Uh, sometimes you got to read the board. It's hard to predict, you know, who you're looking to get in the third and fourth round, fourth and fifth and sixth round. Sometimes the board goes a different way and maybe you might go a different way. I would don't second guess yourself. If your gut tells you to go a certain way and you think that's a good value. But your roster construction is telling you go a different way. Go with your gut and the value that you think you're getting because uh, I think that's just a, just the best choice while you're going through the draft because you just can't predict how things are going to shape up. Everybody else might go zero running back. Then you're going to be doing everything else everybody else does and it's kind of going to foil your plans. You know what I mean? If a lot of guys end up doing that in your draft. So you got to adjust. Absolutely. That's and the key. We will end it on that note. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Of course, for more content, always be sure to check out sonyplus.com. That is Shane Sports of New York plus.com. Yep. And uh, yeah, and catch me the close of 1587 on Twitter and uh, FNTSY Sports Network. You could find uh, Fantasy Football Frenzy every weekday, one to two, on uh, the FNTSY Sports Radio Network. Uh, all different podcasts, iTunes, uh, Audio Boom, and uh, live on stream uh, on YouTube. Uh, if you look up Fantasy Football Frenzy, they have it.